Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This book is not, not good, good for you. Book? Book. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Chapter. Ten. I think we're on tw- oh. 12. Yeah. Books. Chap- no, 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 whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Book number. Book number three. Number of page. And we're on page number. One hundred and twenty-six. Booyah! Let's see how long until Peyton ditches us with Sleepy La La Land. Uh, but, um, like, um, Pretty soon. Like, Let's pages. have a goal to get through three chapters. Three pages. Ah, oh, please. A short time later, Cass and her friends stood with her grandfathers, Larry and Wayne, outside of the old brick fire station in the driveway was Grandpa Wayne's decrepit old pickup truck piled high with all sorts of junk. It looked as if Cass's grandfathers were moving out. I think you're a little confused, Cass, said Grandpa Larry. Tuning forks aren't really forks. They're not for cooking or eating. Well, I suppose you could cook with a tuning fork, said Grandpa Wayne. But as a fork when you're carving meat or a skewer, I sort of like the idea. You could make a double shish kebabs. No, you couldn't, Larry responded. The ends of a tuning fork are much too blunt. Well, then you file them down, of course. Never mind about that, Cass repeated. Please. Patience, Cass, said Larry. Can't your grandfathers have a little intellectual debate now and then? It's just that we're wondering if you might be might have any old tuning forks lying around. It's for a school report we're doing, and well, over the summer over the over the summer report for school. She stumbled but recovered for next year. Homework in the summer? That's terrible, said Grandpa Willary. It's an oxymoron. An outrage, Grandpa Wayne agreed. We can't support it. I know I agree, but please, said Cass. It would be really helpful. Larry surveyed the pile of junk. She could have said camp. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or she could have said it was a competition for over the summer to see who who got to choose their seat for the next year or something like that. See? I just made something up. Larry surveyed the pile of junk in the truck and then took in the window. Well, she took just said, just said the truth and she was just looking for it. No, she can't. That's part of the secret. No, I mean, she was just she said She it. said, I'm looking for it. And they're like, why? And she was like, I just am. And they're like, but for what? So she probably was like, a uh, school project. Okay. Um, Larry surveyed the pile of junk in the truck and then looked in the window of their store. Wayne, where's the old orange crate? Remember with that, with the declimmer? I made the Woodstock. I made it in Woodstock. Isn't there a tuning fork in there? Oh, right. That's that's against the back wall, isn't it? Left-hand side next to the washroom. Wayne gestured to inside the store. By the fire hose. Orange crate, back wall, fire hose. Got it. Got that, guys? Asked Grandpa Larry. The kids nodded. Come on, Larry. We got to scoot, said Grandpa, Grandpa Wayne. 
hoping to get into the hopping to get into the driver's seat of his truck. You bet we do. Grandpa Larry grinned, climbing into the passenger seat of the truck. This is the most exciting day of our lives. Antiques Antiques Caravan has come to town with all of our stuff. We're going to be stars of the show. Mm-hmm. If I was cast, I would give the guy the fork. What that guy? Took, that took her mom. I know she works at the Yeah, but you're so... I would, too. Are you kidding me? If somebody took you, I'd be like, take my blanket. Take my fork, take my blanket. Whatever you want. Um. Okay, sure. We're going to be the... We're going to be the stars of the show. You be the star. No, you're going to get me on TV, Wayne. You won't care. You won't care when you hear how much money we get from this telephone. Everything from the 1970s is huge right now. Larry held up the phone for Cass and her friends to see. It was shaped like a pair of lips. Oh my god, I remember those. Big red lips. Don't don't forget to feed Sebastian. Wayne called out of the truck window. And tell your mom to watch us on Antiques Caravan, Cass. Called Larry. They're broadcasting live. The truck lurched into gear and sputtered away into a cloud of smoke. Oh my gosh, I hope that they get like a lot of money for some things and they're like really special. Left hand side. Oh, hey, Peyton. So what they're doing, it's called what they changed the name in the book, but it's called Antique Roadshow and people bring in things and they're like this, sir, this item is worth $2 million. And they're like, what? Is that crazy? Um, Okay sputtered away the left hand side of the back wall next to the washroom happened to be the very most crowded section of the store here boxes were piled three and four deep all the way to the ceiling Cass hadn't even tackled this section in her ba- in her baby box search she'd been hoping to find her box without having to touch it okay if you guys want to be here you have to help that means really help max Ernest said Cass, the only way we're going to find that orange crate is by taking down all of those boxes so we can see what's behind. Max Ernest applied himself a little more diligently this time. Even so, the work had, was slow and difficult, and after an hour, they'd move fewer than a quarter of the boxes out of the way. Sebastian was lying nearby on the old beach towel known as the magic carpet, because Larry and Wayne used to use it to lift the dog and, quote, fly him around the room. As Cass dropped what seemed like a hundred, uh, the hundredth box of opera records on the floor. He nudged her leg and started barking. Shush, just let me find this crate, Sebastian. I need to save my mom. She's kidnapped, Cass whispered, grateful to be able to confide in somebody, even in a dog. She petted his head repeatedly, but Sebastian, who, ten- who tended to bark very loudly because he was nearly deaf, only barked louder. Cass was about to go hunt for some dog food when she realized he was barking in the direction of the old firehouse Wayne had mentioned. It was coiled around a big iron rod or a big iron wheel. Wedged behind the wheel was a box that Cass hadn't noticed earlier. Was this the cause of Sebastian's barking? Growing excited, Cass pulled the box out. It was a cardboard box about the size of a case of soda pop. It looked banged up as if it were had been in her grandfather's store for quite a while. Cass sighed, disappointed. One thing was certain. It wasn't an orange crate. 
It wasn't an orange crate. Why had Sebastian steered her so wrong? She was just about to push the box aside with the others when she noticed the quarter size hole cut into the cardboard and it said, handle with care, written in black marker. Could it be? She looked over at her friends and they were both absorbed in what they were doing. And then she nervously peeled back the layer of masking tape that kept the box closed. The The box was empty, saved for a, the box was empty, save for a single piece of paper baby girl seven pounds three ounces time of birth six thirty-five p.m according to the story her grandfather had told her there were only words written on a piece of paper that had been taped to her chest yet yet she found a letter written below dear larry and wayne you are the messiest most disorganized most frustrating clients i have ever had the displeasure of working for in my entire career as an accountant. However, I do not know who else to turn to. Despite the disarray in which you live, you have good hearts and you know many people. I am sure you will find a good home for this baby girl. It is ex extremely important that nobody know of my connection to this child, especially the child herself. Any mention of my name will put her in danger. Your, sum your humble servant, W-W-W-I-I-I, William Wilton Wallace III. Mr. Wallace! Peyton! Mr. Wallace was the one that brought... Mr. Wallace was the one that brought Cass to Wayne and Larry. Okay. Oh my gosh! It had to be. It couldn't be a coincidence, even if there was somebody else with those initials. What were the chances that he would also be an accountant? All of the people in the world, it was Mr. Wallace who had left her on her grandfather's footsteps. I mean, doorstep. Cass knew that she shouldn't be surprised as she learned in her hunt for the homunculus. Mr. Cabbage Face, her connections to the Turkish Society ran deep. The founder of the Turkish Society. Uh, oh, no. The founder of the, the Turkish Society, the jester, was her ancestor. Her great, great great-great-grandfather, or something like that. She was the heir of the jester. Mr. Cabbage Face had told her that much. As he could tell by her ears, and then there she was in fact that she had found her birth certificate, the first clue that she wasn't exactly who she thought she was in the Turkish society file. Mr. Wallace had claimed that he had never seen her birth certificate before, but looking back, she'd been foolish to believe that. He always seemed to disprove of her being a member of the Turkish society. He said that it was because of her age, but what if it was because of who she was? Could Mr. Wallace be her father? No, that was impossible. She refused to believe it. They looked nothing alike. More importantly, their personalities were nothing alike, but it was very likely that he knew who her parents were. Connection, correction, who her birth parents were. They hadn't raised her, she reminded herself. Somebody else had. She started at the box in the front in, the, in front of her, eyes moistening, thinking about how her mother had been there at the firehouse with her grandfathers when she, Cass, the orphaned baby, was delivered to the doorstep, just as if her mother had been waiting for her, as if it was meant to be. What's that? Did you find the orange crate? asked Yo-Yoji. No, just nothing. Cass quickly pushed the box behind behind the fire hose as if she didn't act fast. As if she didn't act fast, she would be orphaned again. That was all that mattered now.
Oh, that was a sweet chapter. Aww.